Good morning. Hello, everyone. This is Faye, and I sell Medicare plans. Of course, you know that. This is the podcast where all of the insurance professionals will come to find out what's going on in the world and what is most important to them. We want you to have successful businesses. We're not competing. We're cooperating, and we're coordinating with you. Today, I have an extra special guest. My guest is Ian Moist, technology sales leader who has sat on boards of a number of industry bodies. FAST, which is the Federation Against Software Theft, SIF, which is Cloud Industry Forum, and EuroCloud. Ian has been awarded the accolade of BESMA UK Sales Director of the Year And in 2019 and 2020, Ian was listed in the top 50 sales keynote speakers by Top Sales World. You guys are in for a treat today. You've not had anyone who's had this kind of prestigious accolades. Ian was rated number one cloud influencer, analytical, and has been recognized as a leading cloud blogger. Listed in the EMEA Top 50 Influencers in Data Centers, Cloud, and Data 2017, and Top 50 Cloud Computing Blogs for 2020. Whew! Ian, <laughs> hello! Hey, Faye. Thank you for the kind intro. In, in reality, what am I at heart as a salesperson? That, that that's that I enjoy communicating and selling right and hopefully that's the value we can give to your audience today some some actionable insights or different ways to think just just to hone their approach well thank you I'm so happy that you're in the sales business as we are although a lot of us don't like to say that we are sales people because we actually help customers to meet their needs and I'm sure that's what you do Yep. So any at any time, I mean, sales can be applied to so many different things. Sure. Even as a parent, I'm a salesperson because I have to sell my kids on what they should do and what they shouldn't do, right? But I am so happy to have you. I you really am thrilled that you could take a few moments out of your day just to give us some insight into sales and what's happening in the sales world now. Sure. Yeah, and I'll give you a few thoughts from my head of um, how I behave. I've been in sales a long time and sales leadership a long time. And I think the world's changed, right? We, one, the one consistent we all know about is what's just happened in 2020. Absolutely. And, and, and that I've seen that change some sales behaviours. Um, because you're, you're right now, you're engaging with people, certainly who are working from home, um, and maybe those people you are speaking to are going through different challenges than they normally would be. And I think it's really key today to understand the difference between a communication and a conversation. And I'll explain what I mean about that. So one of my bugbears as sales leadership over the years is, you know, the fundamentals of helping a customer selling whatever we want to term it as is it, it's it's having a conversation it's understanding 
and listening to what the what what that potential customer um, is issue or their challenge, product or service they're looking for. How can you help them to get that outcome? And to do that, I believe you need a conversation. And the difference I'm seeing is often I, I'm talking to salespeople, and I would suggest everyone that's listening to this countenances themselves on this, um, where I'll say, well, did, did you speak to such and such customer yesterday? Or did you have a conversation? Did you chat? Oh, yeah, I chatted to them yesterday. Or, or, or yeah, I, I, I discussed that with them yesterday. And what I've learned as a sales leader is to then challenge and ask the question, when you phrase it that way, was that a conversation or a communication? I.e., did you actually speak to them? Because you said you chatted to them. Or was it electronic? And often I'll get, oh, no, it was an exchange of emails. Right. That's, right. A, communi that's right. a communication, right? It, mm -hmm. That is not a conversation. And they are very different. And I found that over the years, I have seen people falling into this trap. I, we all do it, right? It's very easy to fall into an electronic communication with someone, particularly if they started the communication in that manner. And this is the other thing I suggest to people is think about changing the channel. Because what happens, and I would challenge you, Faye, if I emailed you, the chances are you will email me back. Whether that's the appropriate communication or, or the appropriate response, it's the default that most humans fall into, is if someone WhatsApps you, you'll respond on a WhatsApp. We all do it. You, yeah. you go to the channel that it starts on and you respond on that channel as though it's mm -hmm. the default one. And what I suggest is there are times when that is not appropriate um, because what you are receiving is a communication and you are sending one. And you don't necessarily know that you have understood the customer properly because how many times do you misunderstand something that I write something here right now and send it to you, Faye. I may know what I meant, but you get it and interpret it differently. And there is no checksum in that because it is a communication. You now, you now answer, you now serve me as a customer in the way that you genuinely think is the right way to serve me. What I now receive doesn't relate to what I asked. Now, do I realize that what I provided you could be misunderstood and it's my fault? Or do I think, what the, what's Faye doing today? What well, this isn't good. <laughs> and do I get frustrated and angry and then respond to you? Guess what? On email again. And you don't know that I'm angry, perhaps, or how I'm feeling because you don't get any of the tonality as we're having here with a conversation. You can't check it in. Whereas if I start saying to you, saying, Faye, Faye, could you, could, I'm, I'm looking to do X, Y, and Z, and, and I'm saying it, and you're not quite clear of what I mean, or what I've said could have multiple interpretations. You, can interrupt me and say, Ian, excuse me if I could a second before you go on. You said about X, Y, Z. Can I clarify my understanding that you mean this? And I go, no, 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 no. I don't mean that. That's a that's a conversation, right? It's a two-way dialogue in real time and preferentially with vocality and or visual. And I always challenge salespeople um, in coaching and training of, what is the most optimal way of engaging with another human being? And, and the correct answer, and you normally get this, is, well, in front of them, talking to them, meeting them. Absolutely. Because you've got every visual clue going on. If I'm in a meeting with a client and we're showing them something, 
you can sense, even if they don't use any words, you can pick up on a look or a look to a colleague and say, what, 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 is there something we didn't, is there something bad we showed there? Because you'll look. You can't do that without the visual. And the same applies without the vocal. Without hearing the vocality, you can't hear. Right now, I'm, uh, we're having a, a conversation. But if I was, Faye, if I was talking like this to you and, and we need to do this urgently, that's got a totally different meaning. It's not the words. Totally different. Totally tonality. Different. Right. So how, and I challenge salespeople, how, if you're going back and forth on email, are you getting the true value of the community? And you're not building rapport with that individual, which leads to a working relationship. You're not building it via electronic. You are a faceless piece of communication. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Now, communication has, it, communication has its place, but I would suggest it's where, for example, we have a really robust conversation. For, I, you, you have the ability to ask me questions, um, clarify, etc. Then you, you, you say, Ian, that's fantastic. Um, this is what we, we think is the best for you and I can offer. Let me, let me confirm that to you so you can um, review what I've said and that I've understood your needs correctly. Then you follow up with a communication. That is the right use of a communication. That customer then replying to that with another email saying, Faye, absolutely what you said, just one correction, here it is. Again, it's fine as a communication. So it has its place, but combined with conversation. And too often, particularly during COVID, I have witnessed, people are resorting to communication and, and, and referring to it as, I chatted to. Um, I, I, I had a dialogue with, it, it's they're very different communication methods, right? They're ver they have a very different outcome and a very different value to both parties involved. I, 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 I can understand exactly what you're saying. Just most recently this week, and I think this kind of uh, uh, demonstrates what you're saying. Uh, there was a customer who had actually signed up to attend a resource meeting that I was having. And I sent an email. No, I sent a text. I sent a text to confirm. And it had to be the way that I worded the text because later, the, the day before the meeting, I got a phone call from her and she left a voice message because I was busy um, that said, I'm sorry, I thought this was a different kind of meeting and I don't think a half an hour is enough time. That would be a waste of my time to come. And what I, if I mention a time like 11 o'clock or 11.30, it was not to make her think that she was only going to be there from 11 to 11.30. It was, you can pick either 11 to come or 11.30 and you'll be with me for as long as it takes. Yeah. So that, that was definitely a miscommunication on my part. And I have called, tried to call back, but I've not gotten a response. So my feeling is that I have completely lost that individual because of that miscommunication. And perhaps I should have been clearer with the message that I left if I was going to leave a message or simply leave a message, please call me back. I need to speak with you. 
Right, great, because great the conversation sharing. comes before the communication is what you're saying, right? Yeah, say great sharing uh, uh, and openness, and and absolutely, it, it, that proves the point. It is so easy for miscommunication. It's difficult to have a misconversation, right? Because you, mm -hmm. you'd, cl you'd clarify as we're speaking. If I said, "Oh, fine, I can't do thirty minutes," you go, "Oh no, no," you could correct it there and then. Right. So, and and I would suggest today with COVID people are more open to having a conversation probably than ever before because people are distanced. They, they you know, they've been um, missing that communication. They're not in the office. They're not having the conversations they had before. So I've had many conversations with people that I, I've watched the difference where they typically would have emailed and now they're picking up a, a conversation because people want to speak to someone because we're all isolated because of this, what's happened this year. So I think it's a really, really important point. The, the other one I'd suggest is, and I've seen a habit with certainly more junior salespeople, is not, and this is my number one, when I interview salespeople, my number one I look for is good questioning skills. And I think mm. that's the most important part of a conversation is the ability to ask multi-level questions. And what I mean by that it's like peeling an onion. So it's not just listening to the first answer the customer gives. It's then asking, it's doing the, 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 the Rudyard Kipling thing, right? Who, what, why, when? It's asking, really interesting that that's the option. That's what you think you, you, you need today. Can you explain to me why, please? And it's not, none of this is rocket science. This is all doable by anyone. Mm -hmm. But people feel to fall too heavily into, particularly where a customer gives them the answer that you were hoping for. I would like to buy that policy um, is falling into great. Well, that's done. Then move on as opposed to fantastic that you feel that's the best for you. Can I, can I help understand why? Because you may find that actually by asking more questions, you guide them in a more productive manner during the conversation to a better outcome for both you you and they and i think mm -hmm. too often people fail to ask the other questions because they don't think they need to we probably do not ask enough questions um there are basically four questions that i always i do every interview with even with people that are existing customers and that's really to get to what their need is but i'm listening more than talking during mm -hmm. that questioning period because I want to hear not only what they say, but I want to hear what the customer doesn't say. Yeah. Sometimes that just leads me to where um, the customer's need actually is. Because sometimes the customer is not too sure about what their needs are and can't express it. But by questioning, you're absolutely right. You as the professional, as the salesperson, can get to the real crux of what the need might be, and then you're better able to solve it. I would agree with that, Ian, completely. And, and, and when I interview salespeople, that's what I look for, right? And, and for, you know, during this time, there's a lot of people looking for work. And I always say a good salesperson is, it, is is the most armed person to be interviewed because in an interview, all you have to do if you're a good salesperson is do what you do, which is interact, ask questions, 
and make it a two-way dialogue of conversation. And often what I witness in interviews, salespeople don't behave how they should. And then what happens is they say, oh no, normally with customers I'd ask questions. Well, if you make it habitual, and this is the thing, for me, good salespeople look for what are the fundamental skills of being a good salesperson. And it isn't for me, I'm a, I'm a wonderful negotiator. All these illustrious things, it, it's the basics of, you've said it, listening, two ears, one yeah. mouth, asking good questions, and often asking challenging and hard questions that get those good answers because too often people shy away from, you know, and often it's around commercials or the price. People will skirt around that or not feel uh, able to ask a customer, can you afford this? You know, now there's ways of asking that. There's ways of earning the rapport with the customer and, 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 and asking it not bluntly where you're challenging and what comes across wrong, but to you and the customer, if, if there's no point spending an hour's conversation if at the end of it, when you send them a proposal, they look at it and go, well, that's too expensive. You right. just wasted exactly. their time. Right, you know, so. exactly. So I think and you, you know, it's difficult, um, Ian, and I'm sure you've experienced this. You cannot always judge a book by its cover. So you cannot have a prejudgment about what a customer can or cannot afford, but there are, you're absolutely right. There are so many ways to ask what that budget is. What are you going to set aside for this? How are you going to, uh, how, what were your plans for actually having this monthly payment? Um, there are just so many ways that you can ask yeah. that question. And we tend to steer away from it. And then I have agents who are, they're deeply hurt when the customer tells them, oh, that's too much. And yep. then they don't know how to fall back. But you wouldn't have to do that if you did that proper questioning, you know, during your conversation. Correct? Yeah. yeah. And it's not about asking. The problem is I think sales will fall into, I asked a few questions, so therefore tick, I asked some questions. It's, it's asking the right questions to, to aid you and the customer to move forward into a position to either do business together or understand in an effective manner that you can't do business together. You can't do business with everyone, but to work towards that together with the customer. It's not two sides, right? You know, you, right. you're not sat on two sides of a table. You should be sat on the same side of, uh, as them going, you know, mm -hmm. can we work? And I, I openly, I've got more and more during my career and experience to the point where with customers say, look, I like to be transparent with customers. And, and if we share information together, so you set the scene, if the more we can share information again, be open with each other, if you're comfortable with that, the more we can help each other to, to understand if there is something we can do here together that makes sense for both of us to, so that we both walk away with this was productive. And if at the end of that conversation, it means we can't do business together or we, or we can't find a solution for you that's fine right but we've helped each other get there in an effective manner and and, ha and had an enjoyable conversation is that is that okay with you if we do that and there's rarely people who go no right <laughs> set the scene set the scene that's what i'm right. here to do i would right. love you know i'd love to have you as a customer um mm -hmm. but uh, not everyone can become a customer of ours not we're not right for everyone I don't have the right solution for everyone, whatever that is, product or service. Um, 
what I do, my role in this conversation with you, Bob, Sue, is to bring value and help us both come to a conclusion of there is something here that has value of both of us to do some business together, or that there isn't, but we've worked that out together so that I don't waste your time and you don't go, I do not want an unhappy customer. So that's what the conversation's about. The more transparent we're comfortable being together, the more we can get this done and we can have an enjoyable conversation to do that. I, I, that's what I'd like to do. Is that, are you, are you comfortable with that, Bob? It, it, it's just a nice way of framing where you're going to go and getting their permission in a way to soften of you're going to ask some questions and, and there's nothing wrong with saying to a customer look i need to ask you a few hard questions in this mix a few mm -hmm. questions that are pretty much to the point but that to, without that i'm not going to do you the best job of, of advising you without that information is that is that fair it might make you a little uncomfortable but you have every right to refuse to answer or, or, or say it makes you uncomfortable. Is that fair if I ask you in a nice manner? Why can't you talk to people? It's a conversation. They're a human being. How many people are going to be rude Absolutely. back to you in that? You'll get some, right? You'll get some people who, no matter how you talk to them, are going to take issue and umbrage. But most people are pretty fair if they think they can trust, you know, do they like you? Do they trust mm -hmm. you? Do they respect you? And if you if you if you show them in, in your conversation and behavior those metrics and they start to feel no i i, I think i yeah ian sounds pretty fair let's, let's try and the more you go through a conversation in that manner what i find is the more people open up and realize this is good and people will tell you a lot of stuff i've had it where a salesperson said to me they won't tell me x y and z okay I've got on the call and then had a conversation just explain why we need that information. I know it may be challenging, for example, in my industry, I know it may be challenging for you to share who the competitor is that you're looking at. Um, and you may feel I'd use that in some way unfairly, but if, if I may, let me share with you why that gives you value. Um, mm -hmm. Is it unfair to say I should know my industry and what I do? All I do every day is talk about this and, and, and this is all in bread. Um, so and I have the pleasure and the, and the benefit to talk to many, many people like yourself in different businesses, et cetera, et cetera. And I learn a lot from that. And I have many others tell me about their experiences with other X, Y, Z. So if I may, I have access to a lot of insight that might be of value to you. And that's information. With that information, it does not change your ability to make any purchasing decision you wish to make. You can still make you still got absolute freedom of choice to use that information as part of your judgment. You can go and validate it, whatever. But the, but if, if I don't know that, you don't know what you don't know. And all I'm suggesting is I may be able to provide you with information or insight that means you can make a more informed decision. That may still mean you don't choose us, and I respect that. But is that you see why me, you sharing with me lets me do a better job for you and give you that insight? Is that does that make sense? And you get people say, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And go, here's, here's who we're looking at. Boom, boom, boom. And then once you've given them that explanation, I'm willing to bet you that they then agree to yeah. really give more you often the information. Not. Yeah, more A often A lot not. of times, I mean, sometimes even when I get phone calls and it's someone that I don't know, I'm on the defensive. And I have to immediately correct myself because I say, Faye, you know, you make a lot of phone calls yourself. So so just yep. stop. 
and just let the person know that you don't really understand why they need to know that because they didn't come out and tell me. But then once they explain to me why they need it or how they're going to use the information that they're asking, then I'm open to give it to them. Yeah. So I really agree with you. I truly agree with you. And it has been such a pleasure to learn these tidbits from you. In summary, I'm going to say that you are telling us as sales professionals, we must consider conversation versus communication, number one. Yeah. Number two, we must learn to ask not just, you know, check off that we've asked the questions, but we need to ask the right questions. And then we need to make sure that the customer understands why we need that information. Yeah. It absolutely. all boils down to a win win for us and a win win for the customer. Is there anything that you would like to share at the here at the end? And please give us the contact information, how we can get in touch with you and what it is that you might be able to do to help any of the listeners. Sure. So a simple one. I would suggest follow me on LinkedIn and or Twitter at ianmoist.co.uk and ianmoist.cloud. That will take you directly to those two. And I do share a lot of Sometimes it's blogs, video content, etc. And, and like this, I try and make things very digestible and easy. I, sales is not complex and rocket science. It is about interacting with other people to create a, a, a mutual outcome. So, yeah, so I share a lot of stuff on there, uh, a lot of followers. But by all means, come and follow me on those two platforms and you will get other insight and information such as I've shared today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being my guest today. Thanks, Faye. Bye-bye.